This podcast is the design of City Sites Urban Media, and our goal is to bring into focus the difference between culture and God's ideas found in His Word. To learn more, go to citysitesurbanmedia.com. And I sit there Sunday after Sunday, and I wonder. Some days I'm not quite so sure we're making the right decisions. Some days I'm just not quite so sure. And the next thing I know, the service is over. You know, we had a great talk on the stage, and I'm sure people responded to that, but here's the truth of it. By the end of most services, I am so distracted. I have not met with God. I have not experienced His presence. I haven't grown deeper in my relationship with Him. And why is that? The Lord always sends forth watchmen to warn. He always does. He never does anything till He warns. The gospel of accommodation. Now, to accommodate means to adapt. It means to make suitable or acceptable. It also means to adjust, to make something very convenient. It means to yield to the desires of others to placate them. Now, you put that together, and I'm talking about a gospel that's been invented in hell and is now being propagated all of the United States. It's a suitable, acceptable, convenient a gospel that has yielded to the desires and the weakness of sinful men. I call it the gospel of accommodation because it's adapting and adjusting the gospel to appease. If anyone preach anything but the crucified Christ, if anyone preach anything that appeases man in his sin, that's not the gospel you heard from me, Paul said, and anyone preaches another, let him be a curse. This is the City Sites Podcast with Larry Kutzler. I always get inspired when I listen to David Wilkerson. He has this uniqueness about him that drives the point right into the heart of the matter. Uh, The gospel that we have been preaching, perhaps, in many of the churches in America and around the world is really not the biblical Jesus, but a cultural Jesus that we've adapted and invented to make Jesus somewhat acceptable to the culture in which we live. It is true that to keep a person who's a believer in Jesus grounded, we need need to be able to talk about the Word of God, to teach the Word of God, to remind people of what God's intentions are through prophecy and what He expects from each of us as we live our lives for Him. The other way I think we keep centered is we hear testimonies of people who are living out the gospel in unique ways, that they're taking the gospel to the ends of the earth through a variety of means that they are using their gifts in a unique way to tell the story of Jesus. Today, our guest is such a person. My guest today is a man who loves music and the Lord, and he describes his ministry that he and his wife have as musicianaries. Now, that's an interesting word. Mark Johnson, thanks for coming in today. What is a munitionary? I've thought about that numerous times on how to answer you know, such a question. I think it's real simple, Larry. It's a missionary with the tool of music. Just simply using music in your missionary journey. Okay. So you are a musician by trade. Yes, yes. I've been a musician all my life. You now use it for the purposes of sharing the gospel. Tell us what you do with your musician background. Okay. This evolved kind of when we were involved doing evangelism. Mm -hmm. Okay. When we would go out beyond the four walls of the church and going out into the street. In the 80s, 
we had lived out in Southern California at that time and were originally from here, from mm-hmm. Minneapolis, Minnesota. But during that time, there was a lot of outreach and, and we would just take the guitar with and simply, Larry, just simply do what we did in church. I've been a worship leader primarily for 30-some years. So we would just take the worship out into the streets. And the thing that was just so simple yet eye-opening was that, you know, the same presence of the Lord that came Sunday morning during the worship service was with us in front of the bars, in front of areas where they sold drugs, and the presence of God would come. And story in itself, all the things that would happen, you know, the presence of the Lord would come out in the urban areas as we worship. And so we saw, you know, just music, the worship music being a very powerful thing. It would bring peace into the neighborhood. I have one simple story that we were in New York City, Times Square, and one night we were out there playing music, and technically we sounded horrible. <laughs> I mean, my strings busted. Oh, really? I, I didn't mm. even have all six strings on the guitar. And, mm-hmm. I played. and uh, we said, we said, remember the gong show? Oh, sure. We, yeah, mm-hmm. we sounded like the gong show oh, yeah. in the natural. <laughs> Sure. But in the spiritual, there was a, like I said, there was a wonderful presence. We just kept singing, and we started, kept singing that particular night. We were just singing like Power in the Blood, a lot of the old hymns, and the drunks were there. A lot of the, you know, homeless people, they were drunk, but they kept singing. They knew them songs from the shelters, and uh, Larry, they just kept singing. Well, after about an hour, they got sober. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was just a tool used as we yielded to the to the Spirit of God. So, Mark, let me ask you this. What was in your life or what drove your life to do something like that? I mean, most Christians, they go to church on Sunday. They may have a small group they attend. But what drives you to kind of take a guitar, you and your wife, and you really have traveled the world, and we'll mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. that. But what drives you to do those kinds of things? This Right now, we lead a group. We're mentoring some young men coming out of rehab, how to play guitar, and discipling them. And so as we were doing this, Larry, we were discipling, it's just like a veil kind of lifted. I never thought discipleship could be something you actually enjoy. I love playing guitar. And so I love being with Jesus. I love playing the guitar. And this has taken us into places around the world, like you said. Well, it's interesting to me because I I ask people that question, what drives you and what drives ministry? Because there's a lot of people in ministry today, as you know, I'm sure you've run across them. It's a job, you know, they're, they're paid by a church and whatever, but you don't seem to have that spirit. You have a spirit that's driven by the love of God to go places that a lot of people wouldn't go. So what drives that? What does he say to you to do these kinds of things? You know, when Jesus called the disciples up the hill to be with them, and that's the key word, to be with him, then he sent them out to preach. It's being with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Just simply out of that time, being in that presence, being with the Lord, that I love that. And that presence goes with me. Whether we go out to the shelter downtown or wherever, you know, the Lord goes with us, and I have joy in my life. So 
the disciples went out of that ministry of being with Jesus. It didn't say, you shall do my witnessing, you shall be my witnesses. Good point, good point. And so through the years, that abiding presence of the Lord, that's our message, that's our life. And this has taken you all around the world. We've been to the, uh, the former Soviet Union, the Ukraine. I've been there about 10 times now, so we've seen a lot happen there. They love music over there, mm. and they love American music. <laughs> so you, know, if you're so you don't sing in Russian, you sing in English. Well, I'm learning. Oh, okay. I, I'm learning a few songs in Russian, and mm-hmm. so we take that joy, we take that presence, and, mm. and despite the cultural differences, the Holy Spirit bypasses that. When you go in the spirit, and music is an international language. and So you accompany that with the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's pretty exciting. So the conditions in our country presently has all of us troubled. And we're trying to figure out, you know, what is the next move of God? What is he trying to say? What is he preparing us for? And so forth. So my th- question to you is, do you think that the church is ready for what is to come as Bible prophecy unfolds? What What are your thoughts? No, we're not ready yet. One of the key things, Larry, I feel that has caused a concern that, I, that I've seen consistently as we've, you know, ministered throughout other churches, people don't know how to listen. Really? Okay. We're too wrapped yeah. up. We mm-hmm. live in a society we're bombarded with so much every day mm-hmm. we don't realize how much that affects us i learned this after i had my heart attack oh really quadruple bypass okay see we had to learn how to readjust our lives mm-hmm. didn't we absolutely a few years ago i got a brand new bible okay i brought it home yeah and i know you've experienced this mm-hmm. the open flop method <laughs> where you open up and pow, oh my gosh, the word just jumped right. I opened up my brand new Bible, and it said in Psalms 86, Oh, that my people would listen to me. That was the first thing I saw out of my brand new Bible. Oh, that my people would listen to me. We need to slow down and listen. Christians don't read their Bible. They don't spend time alone with the Lord. I think you've pointed that out in one of your, mm-hmm. your messages the, with the Barna research. They're not listening. Right. So, Mark, as you listen to the Lord, what are you hearing him say to you? You know, the Lord speaks to us, obviously, in so many ways. He speaks to us through his word, speaks to us through his creation, and he speaks to us through our grandkids. <laughs> and one of the things I've seen in my grandchildren, that that sense of wonder. And one night we were carrying our grandkids back out to the car. They were getting ready to leave. And it was full moon night. And I had my little grandson and I'm carrying him to the car. And he says, look, grandpa, the moon is following us. And I just, I thought, yeah, that's right. That sense of wonder, Larry, that needs to be restored. We're not fascinated with God. We don't get to see much of the stars here in Minneapolis, but you know what? I'm grateful for the ones that I see. And I go out at night and and the Lord has had me just, just look at the stars and just enjoy the wonder of God, enjoy the moment being with him, and letting him restore that. You see, I think if I read this right, he wants us to return to our first love. Boy, isn't that a great message? Well, right. you know, sometimes I think when I listen to different messages on Sunday from a lot of the pastors that are now on the internet and so forth, I hear a lot of messages that aren't necessarily stirring in the soul. They, they're good homilies. They talk yeah. about what we yeah. should probably do for our community and so forth and so on. But to really have a soulish message, it's very, very rare. And some of them are so, what can I 
I say? Scripted? They're scripted. They're easygoing. There's not a real uh, powerful message that makes you want to stand up and be counted for the Lord. There's no awakening. I want you to listen to something, Mark, and then I want you to comment on it because I think it's one of those moments where this preacher by the name of Paul Washer is talking about a story that illustrates just how easygoing we've become with the gospel to the point where it isn't the gospel at all. Take a listen. Remember just a while back, a man in my own town in Illinois who was a known drug addict, drug dealer, fornicator, absolutely everything, and he is there. He passes away, and the pastor of one of the largest Baptist churches in the area standing there, the funeral, the th- place is loaded with every person that's hardly ever been in church, drug addicts and everything you can imagine are all there in church to honor their dead friend. And that pastor gets up and he says, I praise God, I know this young man, he sowed a lot of wild oats, but when he was nine years old, I was there when he prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior, and he's in heaven today, and all those lost sinners went straight out into the street justified in their sin because of conservative evangelical Baptist preaching. That's typical in almost every church in this country. It's true. It's true. And it's pathetic. So, Mark, what do you think? In the early 70s, got saved at the tail end of the Jesus movement. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends got sentenced to prison at Stillwater. We were, you know, all part of the drug culture and, mm-hmm. that, you know, the music scene and all of that. And we had one guy that, you know, was a Jesus freak we knew, and he was trying to convert us and preach to us. And he's the only guy I could go with out to the prison there. So we're standing outside of Stillwater Prison and he's looking at me and he says, Mark, I've had something in my heart for these last few years and I've, I've, it's been burning and I've been wanting to tell you and I need to tell you this now. You're a servant of the devil. Everything you do and, and you promote with the music and life and, and it just hit me. What really bothered me is he was crying. He had a conviction and a genuine love. And I just and he said, you know what? Your friend inside that prison, in, they're in a Bible study, and they're praying for you right now. And my pride says, oh, no, they better pray for themselves. I don't need it, you know. Then I go to a, a meeting with this crazy evangelist and, uh, on uh, 11th Street downtown here is Brian Rudd, and he starts preaching. And so I go forward, and I pray the sinner's prayer, but... Yet, you know, I just kept staying with our rock band and stuff, you know, and tried to go on. I was an undercover Christian, and I would read my Bible in secret. Well, then our group got fired. They fired our group in Aberdeen, South Dakota, in the bar, and I knew it was all over. But those confrontations outside the prison, the crazy evangelist, and and finally God himself, just when I got home after being fired, and I just laid on the floor, and I said, Lord, I prayed for you to be my Savior. Now I pray for you to be my Lord. Recently, I got to speak at a funeral for my niece. Her 16-year-old daughter just died a few weeks ago. She had a heart transplant. And many of the people that came to that funeral were the same that they were talking about this boy's funeral. They were bikers just coming back from Sturgis. And the Spirit of God, Larry, I'll tell you, I've never felt this for such a long time. He said, their blood's on your head. You tell it like it is. And we told them, how many of you are tired of being at the funeral where the preachers lie and they say he's just up there singing when he was nothing but a you know, cigarette-sucking sinner to beat his wife? We have to tell it like it is. Their blood is on our hands. It is on our hands, and I think that the compromise, which we often hear through the pulpits or through the, the message of the preachers, it doesn't do anybody any, any good. I think we're trying to be nice to people. But I don't think that kind of nice brings anyone into heaven. It I just, think it 
continues to send them into hell. I thank God my friend was not nice. He wasn't nice. He had love. Right. He had love. And love speaks the truth. Yes. When we talk about speaking the truth today, Mark, how do you see a good, healthy spiritual life? I mean, if you were going to speak to a group of pastors or a group of anybody for that matter, what would you tell them would be a healthy spiritual life? What are some of the things that you do, you practice, you put into play every day that helps you stay true to the message that you accepted years ago? Show up. Show up. Show up. I went to a Bible school here in Minneapolis after, you know, I became saved and went to a very unorthodox Bible school we had up in Mounds View. And they graded us, Larry, on showing up. If we would show up and show that we had a teachable, willing spirit, then they gave us, after two years, we got the diploma. Hmm. But you showed up. And this was all drug addicts, totally unorthodox. But it was the discipline to just show up. And I do that to this day. I show up in the morning. Yes, I have a devotional, things like that. But, you know, we have to be careful that our devotionals don't become like a Christian horoscope. Right. You know. Good point. And we have a relationship. We don't have a ritual. We have a relationship. Years ago, I love this, the story. I don't know if you remember Arthur Blessed. Years ago, Mm -hmm. carried that cross around the world. I got to see him in Hollywood, the last mile of his walking the cross around the world. And he gets up on the pulpit in this little coffee house, and he said, I don't have a ministry. And here's a guy that had a valid ministry going all over the world, fantastic stories. He said, I don't have a ministry. I have a relationship. Mm. And that's the thing we forget. Jesus called the disciples to be with him. Then he sent them out. We have a relationship. And if your ministry is not birthed out of that relationship, you don't have a ministry. And the reason where it falls short, Larry, goes back to they don't have a relationship. They don't have a wonder. They don't have an enjoyment of just hanging out and being with God. Those things we've seen and heard We declare to you, John says. And that's what's missing. People are not listening. They're not loving. That's why there has to be a return to the first love. The Ephesus church had it together, didn't they? You shared that in one of your... They had... They fed the people. Mm -hmm. They were doing Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they left their first love. You got a good point. So, Mark, you travel around the world. It's interesting to me, how do people from other countries respond to the message you just gave, a relationship to Christ? Do they respond differently in different parts of the world, say, for example, than here in America? They respond to when I smile and get up and sing and just do our song. Hallelujah, thank God, is mm-hmm. an international term. So we try to do a lot of songs with hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when we bring that joy, no matter where we've been, whether it been in Guatemala, Honduras, Ukraine, Greece, even Norway, <laughs> with the Norwegians, we were there during the Olympics, music was, again, that musicianary going with the Spirit of God that love, joy, and peace, and just as singing and having that joy. Even here in Minneapolis, we sang during the relief time where people were receiving food down there on Lake Street. It was after the riots. Yes, after the riots. Mm-hmm. We saw Somalian women, Hispanic ladies with their head in their arms, their groceries, and they're all swaying to the music. 
and smiling and enjoying and feeling the presence of God. So, Mark, in terms of where we are with ministry in the United States, what advice would you give us? What do we need to do? What has to happen in order for that sense of discovery to return, that sense of relationship, that sense of revival, if you want to call it that? What do we do to get that back so people really understand that the Lord is not religion? It is a relationship. Yeah. And with so much turmoil, we need to be able to bring that message in a way that they would be open to hear it. Well, I think one of the most powerful verbs or words that I've felt the Lord point out, Larry, has been that word yield. Yield your members to righteousness, it says in the King James Version. And that's what we do when we show up, is that the people, if they would just simply come and yield inwardly, say, Lord, I don't know how to slow down. Help me. Yield to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to slow you down and simply just trust God. You know, I received this list of questions today without having a chance to look over it or anything like that. So what do I have to do? I come here and I just yield. I yield. That's what Jesus did. Jesus went out early in the morning to pray. At the end of the day, He went off into the hills alone to pray. Years later, Jesus prays, Father, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, so bear with me, but it would be like, Father, you know that awesome time we had at the wilderness last night or this morning? God, I pray they would have that, that they would be one as you and I are one. First, one, first love. That they would return to that, that they would have that same experience. And then they would hear that same voice that Jesus heard today. See, if we listen, if we hear his voice, and it's better to obey than sacrifice. See, we have illegitimate service because we're not listening. Well, we might hear something, but then we run off, thank you, God, I'll take it from here. That doesn't cut it anymore, Mary. We have to slow down, trust God, get rid of our script, and yield. Yeah, I'll be really intentional in following what he's trying to say to us because we yeah. are a little bit like Jesus said. We don't have eyes to see and we don't have ears to hear, and that's what we have to develop. And I, th- and I think we're asking the wrong questions, Larry, too, a lot of times. Okay. We're not asking, Lord, what's on your heart? Okay. We come and pray, God, this is on my heart. And he says, okay, I understand that. But Lord, what's on your heart? What Mm -hmm. is your intention for Minneapolis? Mm -hmm. What is your intention for St. Paul? What is really on your heart, Lord, for the body of Christ? This church without spot or wrinkle. Teach me in the way I should walk. Cause me to know your loving kindness Mm -hmm. in the morning. Show up. Cause me to know your loving kindness in the morning. Teach me in the way I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto you. Well, Mark, you've said some great things and reminders for all of us to practice, to think about our discipleship. And if we need a course correction, we pray the Holy Spirit will get us back on track. You have a ministry. Tell us the name of your ministry. And of course, tell us how to get to your ministry. Okay. Well, it's called Forerunner Ministries, taken out of Hebrews, where Jesus is as a forerunner before us behind the veil. And that's what worship does. Worship takes us out of the flesh into the spirit. And so there again, with the music being a a central part of Forerunner, worship is a big part of Forerunner ministry. We've Mm -hmm. done it in the local church. We've done it on the street. And we're doing it teaching people. And so 
Music has been a you know central part. Our message is what I've shared with you here today, to abide in the presence of God, simply you know be in the presence of God. We've done this in so many venues. When we did this funeral, the director was asking my wife, so what does your husband do? And she didn't go into the musicianary explanation. She said, you know what? He pastors a church without four walls. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I was. Yeah. I said, thank you, honey. Yeah. That was... <laughs> Hey, way to go. <laughs> you did a great job, dear. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we function in a pastoral sense, evangelists and worship. So that's why I said musicianary kind of really helps condense. Well, the church is indigenous. You know, it comes out of from within and it doesn't have four walls, as you stated. And I think it's great. That's why I love to talk to people like yourself, Mark, because you're out in the trenches. You're out talking to people. You're out worshiping. You're doing ministry. You're traveling on his behalf and for him. So, Mark, we want people to get a hold of you. How do they do that? What's your website address? Okay, they can contact us at Forerunner Ministries, Minneapolis. Thank you for joining us today. Every Friday we bring you this podcast with interviews with people who are challenging the status quo of Christianity and challenging the cultural norms of our day. Please help us get the word out by sharing the link to this podcast with your online friends and family. Our website also contains other podcasters who are part of the City Sites network of communicators all sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Our website is citysitesurbanmedia.com. This is the City Sites Podcast Network.